0: Hallelujah, glory to God. Well, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. God's good to us tonight, and I'm thankful to be in His house. If you have your Bibles and want to turn, we'll we'll get to where we're going tonight. Colossians chapter three, and we're going to stay in this uh, chapter for a while tonight. Um, I was studying on something, felt like I was going in one direction, but as I began to study, it felt like the Lord just uh, just kind of anchored me in this book. And so I, I said, well, we'll just go with what you want, Lord. I said, I, that usually works best. Uh, so Colossians chapter 3 in the first verse says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And tonight, I want to talk to us for a little while on this thought. If we are who we say we are. If we are who we say we are. Let's, let's pray together for the preaching of the word tonight. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your word, for the instruction that it gives us. And Now let our hearts be good ground. Let our ears be ready to hear. And Lord, let us be ready to grow. God, we thank you for this precious word tonight. Change us with it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house tonight. What a great God. Thankful for his word. You may be seated and just thank you again for being in the house of the Lord and hope it didn't mix your week up too bad, changing us to Tuesday night. But we just didn't want to do without having a service. So if we are who we say we are, there's nothing worse than someone not being who they say they are. You know, uh, oftentimes people will just describe themselves like this. What you see is what you get. That's rarely the case, but sometimes uh, it does ring true. And it's just, uh, you know, people will say, wait, they... They're the same as they have always been. It's that's just who they are. And um and I think that as children of the king, we need to practice that. And if we are who we say we are, there will be some things that will line up in our life. That's that's not even speculation, that's a fact. <laughs> Somebody said the other day, I did not said it in a while, but that's a fact, Jack. So uh but it's um It's true. If if we are who we say we are, then there are some things that will uh, be prevalent in our life. They will be apparent in our life. For Jesus said himself that we are the light of the world. And so uh, it will be obvious we will be shining in a dark place. We will be visible to those uh, around us. It's And it is not for reputation. Now, you know, sometimes people think, well, you you do all that because you're trying to make yourself more righteous than everybody else. You're trying to pat yourself on the back or put yourself out there. But that's not the case. The Lord uh, came and the scripture says that he came and did these things, but he did not come to make a reputation for himself. Uh, He still did the works. He walked on water, but it wasn't for reputation. He calmed the storm, but it wasn't for reputation. Many times he would heal and say, don't tell nobody about it. Just keep this between us. Just go and show yourself to the priest and don't say where it came from. Don't tell anybody how it happened. But many times people couldn't keep their mouth closed and they would say it. But he was motivated by something else. It was who he was. Uh, He did the works that were written for him to do. He did the things that he was uh, commanded to do. The scripture says that uh, Christ was obedient. In the things that were given to him, and so he didn't uh, turn water into wine so everybody could say, "Hey, here comes that miracle worker!" When he came down the road, he he did what he did because he was God in the flesh, and because he loved his creation, and his motivation was uh, different. And and so uh, when we serve him. The things that we do are not for reputation. It's not so people can say, wow, look how holy they are. Or look how righteous they are. Look how uh, awesome they are. We, we do it because we're motivated by two commandments. First, that we love God first with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then secondly, we, we love our brother as ourself. And we are motivated by love uh, just as the Lord, or we better be. Uh, You better not serve God. Uh, It shouldn't be motivation uh, for a title. You should not be motivated by fame. You should not be motivated by money or position. You should be motivated by love, that you love him. That's why I pray for you because I love you, not so you can tell everybody I prayed for you. Hello, Uh, I I preach so that people can be changed and can be better, not so you can say, wow, uh, he's he's the one who's preaching today. It doesn't matter. I've said it since I started in ministry. I don't care if they ever remember my name as long as God touches their heart in what we're doing. And so uh, in this opening scripture of Colossians 3, Paul wrote, if you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. That is not a uh, geographical location. That uh, right hand of God means that where Christ sits with all power and authority. Just as he said before he left the world, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. The right hand of God is not a visible hand. The Bible says God's invisible. So you tell me, and he's everywhere, so you tell me where his right side's at. He's in this room, point point his right side out to me. Exactly, you can't do that. That's not what the right hand of God means. It's not a hand like we have here. It is the seat of authority and power that was given to the Lord. Anyway, it says, uh, if ye or us, if we are risen with Christ, if we are who we say we are, then we should be doing some things. The opening verse of this chapter, it uh, sets the bar for the instruction that follows. It frames in what we should be doing if we are risen with Christ. Because sometimes uh, we think once we're risen, hey, that's it. Man, I'm just on my way to heaven and there's nothing left for me to do. It's sad that people uh, cannot... Uh, get into this book and read the instruction. The Bible says we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now the foundation is Jesus Christ. For well, there's no other foundation laid that can be laid. The scripture says the apostles were preaching. But what they are building, they're building on that foundation. And as we build our life with God, it will come through this word of God. And if we are who we say we are, then there are going to be some things that we are going to be doing. And so he said, first of all, all, you will seek those things which are above. In verse 2, he said, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. And so uh, you could just take the first line, if you're risen with Christ, set your affection. If you are who you say you are, you should be where your interest. That word affection can also mean your interest. So where are your interests at? Where is your affection? Jesus asked the question one time to to Peter. He said, do you love me? Is your affection, do do you love me more than these? He says, uh, do you love me more than what you can see? And, and, and all these other things. Do, is that how we see the Lord today? Do we love him more than what we can acquire? Where are our interests? First John 2 uh, 15 through 17, uh, very familiar to us. Uh, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Our interests should not be in worldly devices. It doesn't mean, hey, we went, uh, we, we go on vacation, we go to the beach, I love the beach. But it's a creation of the Lord. It's not that uh, I, I would ever sacrifice my walk with God so I could go to the beach. But it's not saying you can't love creation and, and, and uh, just be in awe of what God has made. And, and the Bible says He's even given us all things to enjoy. There are things in this life that we can enjoy. But we don't have a worldly mindset. Uh, It's going to be different. If uh, we are who we say we are, then we will not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so we will not love the world and neither the things that are in the world. He said, if any man, I don't care what his bank account says, I don't care what his title says, I don't care what his education is, I don't care how popular he is, If any man loved the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So there is something for us to do Uh, That we could be in God's will. And I believe uh, that Paul hits it on the head here. When he says, if you are risen with Christ. And you seek things that are above. And you set your affection on things that are above. Not on things of the earth. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19. uh, That, uh, well, is that right? 6 and 19. Yeah, let me find it. 6 and 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon the earth. Not on the earth where moth and rust can corrupt and thieves can break in and steal. He said, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where there's no moth or rust to corrupt and there are no thieves that can break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the Lord is telling us wherever your treasure is, that's where your interest, your affection, that's where your love will be. And he said, so don't set your treasure up on the earth in earthly things where you can just be disappointed, but set them in heaven. Put your treasure in heaven. uh, If you are risen with Christ, come on somebody. Uh, I'm glad I'm risen with him and I'm going to seek those things which are above, not those things that are beneath. I want to make sure that I am uh, living my life for him. Matthew, well, let's just look at it like this. If where my treasure is, if that's where my heart's going to be, the first commandment is to love the Lord thy God, Matthew 22 and 37. To love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. But I'll ask you this, is your heart divided? Because he said with all your heart. So if I've got to love the Lord with all my heart, I must be setting my affections on things that are above. Uh, My interest now will change. If you came to God and your interest didn't change, then you need to come back for a second, uh, another altar service. You need to come back and pray a little while. You need to, uh, why did I go down the first time anyway? Because your interest should change once you really come to. If you are really risen with Christ, then your interest should change. And so the Bible says that we cannot serve two masters, so my heart cannot be divided. If we are who we say we are, then there are some things we will do. We will seek the things that are above, and we will set our affection on things above, not on things of this earth. And then he said, for you are dead... And your life is hid with Christ in God. He's our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye appear with him in glory. For ye are dead, is what verse 3 said. You're dead and your life is hid with Christ. This is why we find Paul writing in the book of Romans chapter 6, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Boy, that's just a, that's a boy, there, there's a doctrine that's going around in this world today that, that people say, well, uh, that it's by grace through faith that you're saved. They're taking Scripture and twisting it. And they're saying uh, that they can just continue in sin because God has great grace. Do what you want to do because His grace won't let you be lost. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How can we continue to live in the things that uh, we are now supposed to be dead to? And then he said, don't you know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. If we are who we say we are, and if we are, he said uh, that we are buried in death with him, and we are also raised up with him. If we are risen with Christ, seek those things that are above. We should now walk in newness of life. That's what we're supposed to do. He is our life. He is not uh, an accessory for us. He is our life. He is our Savior. He is the one who purchased us, who redeemed us. He's the one coming back to get us. It's, It's Christ that filled us with His Spirit. And He is our life. And that word life means exactly what it says. It means life. But it also means to live. And that means now we live differently than we did before. Sure, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to slip up and make mess ups. But if, if we're so nonchalant about living for God that we, uh, if I do this, it don't really matter. I can do that. It don't really matter. Then are we who we, you know, are we, who we say we are? Are we really blood-bought? Are we really born again? Oh, I'm a born-again believer. Then why are you still doing what you did before you went in the water? Why are you still doing the things you did before God filled you with his spirit? Why, why did you go back to the, the scripture says, back to the weak and beggarly elements. Why, why are you building again the things that you destroyed, making yourself a transgressor? Why could, would you go back to the grave and pull those things out and put them back on? If we are who we say we are, there's going to be a difference. Well, I'm giving you some building material here for your life. There's too many people got a very short life expectancy in the church because they don't do the things that the Word says to do. A baby can live for a little while without anything, just a little while. It can be born. It's got breath. It's going to, but it's got to have something put in it if it's going to ever grow and live and continue in this world. And there's too many people, too many babes in the Lord, too many new converts that are coming in, and too many people that's been around long enough to know better that are dying prematurely because they have quit ingesting this word, living by this word, applying this word to their life. But the Bible says, I live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. And if you want to cut your life short, take this word out. and You'll die well before your time spiritually when you cut out this word. We've got to have the word. It's no wonder that Paul said, in him we live and we move and we have our being. Even in Colossians uh, in chapter 2, he said, and you are complete in him. You will never have everything you need without him. And he is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. He said of, of his words, he said, they are spirit and they are life. How do you think you can live a life for God Without his word. Got to have it. Got to have it. And so. He said here. In these verse 3 and 4. That we are dead. Our life is hid. With Christ in God. People need to be seeing a lot more of Jesus. Than they do of us. Our life should be hid. With Christ in God. And, And then when. But then he said, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now this scripture uh, has a little predication in it. Because Christ is going to appear anyway. He's coming. He that shall come will come. And so it could just say, when Christ uh, shall appear. But... If he is our life, then we will also appear. But if he's not our life, because he said, when Christ, who is our life? But what if he's not our life? Then where do we appear? There's one place that says that if the righteous scarcely be saved, then where shall the sinner and ungodly appear? What if he's not our life? What if he's just a habit? What if he's just a fleeting fancy? What if he's just a, a fixture uh, for something, for just something that we do on the weekends? What if he's not your life? Then what's going to happen when he appears? There's a lot of people that he would say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, I don't know who you are. Hey, Lord, it's us. Hey, Lord, it's us. Depart from me. I never knew you. Uh, I, I know you say, "Wow." Well, I wish I'd have forgotten came on Wednesday night because this is heavy. <laughs> but I'm telling you that uh, there's some things that if we are who we say we are, that we better start making sure and doing a checklist in our life and examining ourselves to make sure that we have things in order. and it's not hard. It's not like you, uh, you, you just live your life for God and living for God's not hard. and living for God is not a bummer. Living for God is not not restrictive, uh, that it makes me feel like I'm in a prison, but living for God is a privilege. Uh, to, To be blood washed and to be blood bought and to be spirit filled is a privilege. To be able to live, that God would give us His holy word to live by. That I can live by this. That this word could caused me to be born again and to to make it to heaven one day. Thank God for his word. And I want to make sure that uh, when he appears that I'm going to be ready for him. Titus 2 and 13 says that we're looking for that blessed hope uh, uh, and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. That's not two. He's the great God. His name is And he's our Savior. He's Jesus Christ. It's just saying who he is to us. So uh, we're looking for that appearing. But Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. He he began to uh, talk about he was ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. And now, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And so Paul is saying, I'm ready to be offered because I have done some things. Uh, Quit uh, falling into this trap of, hey, uh, I just come to God and I don't have to do nothing. You cannot earn or buy or purchase your salvation. It is provided freely. But you have, hey, even a free gift can be refused. Or even a free gift can never be used. You ever had somebody give you something and be like, I ain't never going to use that. And it's in the closet. And that's where it sits. But it was free. I could come up and give you, uh, hey, look, I'm going to give you something. It's a gift. It's $100. You're like, wow, put it in your pocket. And then you head on into the store and you're like, Hey, that's seventy-five dollars. I can buy that. You just pick it up, start walking out the door. And somebody say, "Hey, bud, you got to pay for that." Well, I got hundred dollars in my pocket. Yeah, but it don't pay for it while it's in your pocket. You got to take that free gift out. Oh no, I'm just going to keep the, the having it is enough. I don't have to spend it. That's what a lot of people think about living for the Lord. Well, just just saying I believe is enough. And I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to. I don't have to obey anything. Well, come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you today. I'm trying to. Help, I'm trying to help you. If he is your life, your life will be different. <laughs> if he wrote this to the church, that's us. It's not to somebody out on the street. Don't know him. He's talking about. Blood bought, born again, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, children of God. He said, hey, if he is your life, then your life will have to be different. There is no way you can have the same life and have him. It just doesn't work that way. There is enough scripture to prove it that if we have him, if we are in him, if we are risen with him, things must be different. Because now, according to uh, Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 11, it says, Reckon you also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then, let not sin reign in your mortal body. This is your mortal body. Go on, pinch yourself, slap yourself, whatever it takes to feel it. This is your mortal body. Don't let sin reign in it. Have control over it. uh, That you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourself unto God. As those that are alive from the dead. And your members now are instruments of righteousness unto God. You use instruments. You use your members. He said, so who are you going to yield to? If you are who you say you are, then who are you yielding to? I don't want to confuse people in this world. Oh, yeah, man, I'm blood-bought. I'm born again. I'm the pastor of that church down there. Why I see you coming out of that package store with that big 40ounce tall boy where are you going with that Oh that little bit of you know it's, it's not Sunday it's a little it's all right it'll wear off by Sunday hey if that's who you are then why are you in the bad and busted? For 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 uh selling dope or or you're supposed to be the pastor, you're supposed to be born again. Why are you in there for breaking an in Or why are you in there for DUI? Or why are you in there for or uh, beating somebody up or murder? What what Well, because it don't matter. Jesus don't care if I do all that stuff. I can still pastor and 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 lie and steal and cheat and do whatever. Hmm. wonder how you feel if, you said, if your pastor called you on Sunday morning and said, hey, can you swing by the county jail and bail me out before service? I need to get there to preach. Would you sit there and listen to him? Nah. Come on, somebody. People make mistakes in this life. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying the conscious decision to just, hey, I'm just going to live the way I want to live. I'm going to live for me. I'm going to live the way I want to live. Um, then your life really ain't in Christ, He's really not your life if you're still doing you. Pastor, you get ornery in your old age. I'm not ornery. If if that bothers you, whew, then there's some prayer needed in our lives. If this word can't speak to us and, and, and mold us and shape us and correct us, then we got some problems in our life. And if we're not doing our best to line up to the word, we get so excited about how we feel on Sundays that we forget we got to live the rest of the week. And, uh, you know, it's easy to jump around in here and be excited when everybody's speaking in tongues and, and shouting and, and everything's on fire. But what are you doing when people just see you on the every day? He's supposed to be your life. So who, who do we yield to? So in verse 5, here's another thing. If you, if you then be risen with Christ, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on all these. I don't want people being uncomfortable. But he said fornication. Sex outside the marriage, I don't care if it's your your boyfriend, your girlfriend, might even be your soulmate. If you ain't married, cut it out. Hello, Oh, but we're engaged. I know we're going to be married, but you ain't married yet. And until you're married, he said, kill it. Kill that stuff. Boy, it's quiet in here now. It's the truth. Oh, but I just love them so much. If you did, you wouldn't do it. So, let me ask you this: Would you contribute to your loved one going to hell? Think about it. You love them so much that you just... I got to. I got to move on. I can't just keep going. He says, uncleanness, inordinate, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence—that's uh, longing for what is forbidden. It actually is a little stronger when you read the definition of it. It's like uh, evil sexual lust and urges, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And he said these things. Because of these things, the wrath of God will come unto the children of disobedience. I, I don't want to be a part of that. And if He is my life, those things won't be a part of my life. Amen. And then He said, In the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. When? It was our past. We are not that person anymore because we are now risen with Christ. We are now seeking those things that are above. We are now setting our affection on things above. We are now mortifying our members upon this earth. That's our past. That's not who we are anymore. We should act like we are new. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, we love to quote it. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, what's that mean? I mean, when you read that, what do you think? Old things should be passed away, and all things should be new. Life should be different if any man is in Christ. If he is my life now, the Bible says we get into Christ by being baptized into Christ. So once we are baptized into Christ and and we're baptized into his death and we are raised up with him to walk in newness of life, what does that look like? Old things are passed away. And now the Things are new. My life is new. My attitude is new. The way I want to conduct myself. That's all new. Will you struggle? Will you be tempted? Sure. But you should be praying away from temptation and turning away from temptation and going to the word of God and fighting temptation instead of giving in to temptation. It says, who are you yielding to? If we are who we say we are, then we yield to him. We yield to Christ. We are now new. And so in, in which you, uh, back to Colossians 3 and verse 8, he says, but now, not just the things we talked about in verse 5, but now in verse 8, he said, you also put off these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. If we are who we say we are, we put these things off too. Because these are the things that that can really work harm in relationships and in our lives and in our church congregation and, and when people are just angry, uh wrath, just trying to hurt somebody, malice, blasphemy, filth communication out of your mouth. Talking ugly about people, gossiping about people, lying on people. Got to stop. He said Then he says, lie not one to another. If you're risen with Christ, then you don't lie to one another. Because you put off the old man with his deeds. The old man might have been a liar, but you're not the old man anymore. So stop lying. And stop exaggerating. You know what exaggeration is? Lie. If you caught a fish this big... Lie. If you killed a six-pointer and said you killed a ten-pointer, lie. <laughs> he killed a ten-pointer. No, oh, I don't seen that. We got we got picture proof of his. Don't. we? But if he'd have said this is a twenty-pointer, I'd been like, brother, either you need help with math. exaggerations that's like people think I don't see exaggeration listed in scripture so it, I think I can get away I think I can slip by with it but an exaggeration is just a lie oh I must have worked for 50 hours this week you worked 10 <laughs> maybe you felt just, you know, and, you, and maybe it's, it's, it's harmless but you need to be careful Because sometimes people say, wow, man, they're really working. Then he talked to one of your coworkers. Man, they said they're working y'all to death. They worked 50 hours. He said, what? He worked two days, five hours a day, 10 hours. That's all he was here. And then you're like, man, you're a liar. (laughs) No, I was just exaggerating. It's a lie. You don't have to make things bigger than they are. The Bible says to provide all things honest in the sight of all men. Provided honest in the sight of all men, just tell the truth. Yeah, you don't have to be embarrassed. Just tell the truth. <laughs> Went fishing. Hey, how many fish you caught, man? I didn't catch nothing. Uh, well, uh, no, just tell him I didn't catch nothing. It was a bad day. You don't lie about it. If you missed that deer that was five yards from you, then just tell it. Don't, oh man, it was. Uh, I'm trying to. You know, wind and tree was at and the gums was now you just missed him. Just tell it to, just tell it. Don't lie about it. Twist it up. You gotta be careful. Don't lie to one another. Because you've put off the old man with his deeds. And you have put on the new man. And he is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him because he's our life. He is my life. And then I love this verse 11. There's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarians, Scythian, bond nor free. He said, but Christ is all and in all. Listen, no matter who we are, what we know, what we do, this new life applies to everybody. Who you are doesn't give you a pass. If you're bond or free, you got to live by the same word. If you're Jew or Greek, you got to live by the same word. If you're barbarian or Scythian, uh, hey, you got to live by the same word. And guess what? That's why the Bible says we're supposed to come into the unity of the faith because we're all supposed to live by the same word. And that, that idea that, hey, everybody just serves God their own way and they'll all get there somehow. It ain't gonna fly, man. Because we've got to be in Christ. He's got to be our life. Christ is all, not a portion, not three quarters. He is all, and He is in all. And so, if you then be risen with Christ, verse 12 says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, humbleness of mind. Uh, that way you're not trying to lift yourself up. Meekness. I know sometimes guys have a problem with meekness. Or oh, meek is just you think of people as being little mousy guys that just a little oh, oh, I'm just so meek, and I'm just Jesus was meek and walking on water. Jesus was meek and raising the dead. Jesus was meek and healing blinded eyes. Jesus was meek and come out of the grave three days later. So don't talk about meek being weak. Uh, meek is not weak. Jesus had, had all power in heaven and earth and it says, but he was meek and lowly. So so uh, long suffering. These are the things that God is like. And if we are who we say we are, these will be the things that people will see in our life they'll see us being humble meek long suffering forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you so also do ye we we cannot not forgive I can't forgive them, no, yeah you can, don't ever say that I, just, I don't know if I can forgive them, you might not know it yet, but you can but don't ever be so defensive. I can't forgive them because man, you're putting a nail in your coffin, you don't want to ever be like that because when you say you can't forgive, the Lord just said, well, let me remind you, I can't forgive you but but I didn't, you you saw what they did to me Lord, I did, but you saw what they did to me And you, you, and uh, you saw how I forgave you. Uh, mm -hmm. So we must forgive if we are who we say we are. Now, if we're not, we'll fight and gossip and backbite and hate, talk ugly about people. That's just that's who we'll be, and we won't be here very long. But what God gave us is the ability to stay together because. Being able to forgive gets rid of junk. Being long suffering gets rid of junk. Helps you get through things. So uh, if, if somebody's got something against, hey, just like Jesus forgave you, so also do ye. And then he said, And above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. Because love covereth a multitude of sin. Love never fails it doesn't seek its own, it's not puffed up it's, there's so many great things about love and he said, so above everything else put on that because Paul told us he said man I could I've got all this knowledge I could talk in tongues I can do all these great things He said, but if I don't have love it's just sounding brass, tinkling cymbals it's just, just a racket, it's just noise but he had the Lord and the Lord was his life is he your life? I mean, is He your life? Do you think about Him during the day and think, man, if it wasn't for the Lord, where would I be? He is my life. Does, does He, when you're about to make a decision, does all of a sudden him, He come to mind? And you're like, whoo, He's my life. Because I can't even make a decision without thinking, Lord, should I do this? I ain't kidding, man. It's on everything, on, on every level just about. I, I don't ask Him what I ought to get off the menu when I go to a restaurant. I'm not talking about small little things like that, but decisions in my life. Lord, what about this? What what should I do in this situation, Lord? I'm not just going to try to handle this on my own. What do I need to do? And so verse 15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be thankful. Be thankful. For the Lord. Be thankful that he is your life. Be thankful. If we are who we say we are, then just be thankful for what we've got. And then, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let his word dwell in you. Something that dwells, that's where you live. Where do, you know we don't, I don't ask you, hey, where do you dwell at? But I could, it would mean the same thing if I said, Where do you live? Where is your home? Where do you call your home? Where do you dwell? Where is your dwelling place? And he said, Let the word of Christ dwell in you. You know, you think about your home, your home is where you live. It's where you make uh, all your memories. It's where you raise your families. This home is important. and It's where you dwell. And so we need to let the word of God dwell in us richly. Not just it's there, but it's on the shelf. It needs to dwell in us in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally he said, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. If we are who we say we are, then everything that we say or do will be a reflection of that name that is above every name. And when he said do everything, whatever you do in word or deed, that doesn't mean oh I'm gonna put my shoes on in Jesus' name. I'm gonna wash my hair in Jesus' name. It's not that's not those little things like that. It, that authority that's in that name, that uh, power that's in that name, and uh, then it, we know what it did for our life. And now we live our life under that authority under that power under that holy name we're called by that name we were saved by that name and so everything we do uh, in word or deed it will be if we are who we say we are it'll be a reflection of that name that is above every name the lord and savior jesus christ our king if we are who we say we are then everything we do is a reflection on him and on the body Everything we do, friend, especially in this day and hour, is under a scope, under a magnifying glass. Who is the church? What is the church? People don't think much of the church. This world is twisting religion and trying to mold it and shape it and eventually will come into just a one-world global religion. And somebody, the true church, the real church, is going to stand out. If that makes you uncomfortable, you need to be praying about it because the real church is going to stand out. People are going to be like, oh, y'all still do that? If I ever did, then I still do. (laughs) Because it's in there. And, And there ain't no expiration on any commandment in here. It's forever settled in heaven. And so if I ever did it, I still do. Because... Uh, this word is settled forever. And if I am who I say I am, then I will love Him in keeping His commandments. I will love Him with all of my heart, and it won't matter what the world thinks about how I live. Oh, they're gonna make fun of you. They're gonna make fun of you about something anyway. Oh, you one of them, uh, one of them holy rollers, and you know, y- y'all Pentecostal, your apostolic, your holiness, your and you ain't got to drop your head saying that. Man, what greater honor or privilege is it in this world? So I said, oh, y'all holiness? I just want to stop them and say, well, are you a Christian? Well, yeah, then you ain't holiness? Because the Lord said to be holy because he is holy. And so, you know, you, you, you're so big about saying we all serve the same God. Well, he said to be holy. So I said, you're not holy? They act like we got some kind of corner market on holiness, but that's just a commandment of the Lord, to be holy as he is holy. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. I, I want to see the Lord. The Bible just talked about him appearing. Well, when he appears, I, I want to see him. Daniel said, listen, in one day people are going to wake up out of the dust of the ground and some are going to be happy about it and some going to be sad about it. I want to make sure I'm happy about it when he comes. I want to make sure that I love his appearing and I don't dread his appearing. That I can say I am now ready to be offered. And if we are who we say we are, we'll start looking into his word and living by the word again. You know, we've gotten so good at having good church but who are we are we teaching people how to live for God do we always are we, are we, have we gotten satisfied with just great church services and then uh, barely make it through the week and maybe limp in here on Sunday just to get pumped back up so we can go out and get kicked around again the rest of the week I, I don't believe God intends us to be like that I think that we should we can live victoriously every day and and Sunday should just be the climax of our expectation that all week long I have been waiting to get back to the house of the Lord so I can worship him with my brothers and sisters and worship him in spirit and truth and see God move because one writer said I want to see your glory and your power just like I've seen in the sanctuary there's things that happen that should be happening in church that are fantastic but you can't just live for Sundays you got to live for the Lord hear what I said you don't just live for, for services you live for the Lord and when you live for the Lord it's just like oh I can't wait to get to his house I was glad when they said unto me uh, is it Sunday yet is it church day is it whatever day it is if we had church on Thursday whatever day it was just excited about I just been waiting all week some people say well I'm working for the weekend you know they're like oh thank God it's Friday you know just can't can't wait to get off work so they can do whatever. But man, I just can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait to get into the house of the Lord. I can't wait to get with my people and worship my God and and get in His presence. And well, don't you get in His presence at other times? Sure, I do. But there's something about coming to the house of the Lord. It's just it's different, and it's it's. Uh, uh, I love, as the psalmist said, the habitation of His house. I love it. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Amen. So if we are who we say we are, things will be different in our life. If Christ is our life, I think that's a question we just have to answer. Is what is he to you? He can be, hey, because all the things that the word identifies Him, he's going to be that whether we accept it or not. You know, there's this, there's this real this terminology that people it gets me sometimes. People say, Well, have you accepted the Lord? Well, he's the Lord whether I accept it or not. Right. I mean, I understand what they're saying, but the terminology bugs me. Because whether I accept or not he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords, whether I accept it or not, he's the Savior. Whether I accept it or not You know He's my deliverance He's everything that he says he is Whether I accept it or not And so The question we have to answer is that You know Well We sing a song Or they sing a song every year Usually around Christmas time It says uh, The angel called him Jesus But I call him Lord And uh And while it's not to diminish the name that the angel gave us, it's to say that that's who Jesus is in my life. He's my Lord. And I know his name, but is he the Lord of your life? And so, is he your life? That's the question you got to answer. Because here's the thing. He is all those things. He is life. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. But you have to let him be your life. You hear what I'm saying? He won't force himself on you and say, I'm going to take control. But if you let him, he'll lead you beside still waters. He'll lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll lead you in the green pastures. He'll make sure that you're taken care of. If you let him, then he can be. Is he, is he Jehovah Jireh? Is he a provider? Sure he is. But you've got to let him be your provider. You gotta let him be your Lord. You gotta let him be your King. And so, that's the question, I guess that we have to answer out of those scriptures: is that is He my life? Because He's going to appear one day. But how will I see Him if He's not my life? Hmm. Oh, we gotta grow in grace. The Scripture said in knowledge of the Lord and Savior. We've got to learn more about Him. and We've got to get closer to Him. And The Scripture says if we draw near to Him, He'll draw near to us. We should, be, we should never be satisfied with the distance that is between us and the Lord. You know, there are long-distance relationships that work out good, but those people are always striving to get closer. And Sometimes it feels like we're long-distance with God, but we should always be trying to get closer. And if we take a step, I promise you, he's going to take two steps. When we make a move to him, he's always going to make a move to us. And so we should always, no matter how long we've served him, strive to be closer to God. I want to get closer to the Lord. Amen. While she's playing tonight, let's come find a place. Pray for a few minutes and just examine yourself tonight and answer the question. Is he the Lord of your life? Is he your life today? To lift our hearts and our hands. Uh, many of you maybe had the opportunity to meet Maureen, and um, man, we were just excited about how God was moving and blessing in her life. But she she needs the Lord in a very serious, dire way right now. It's, Sister Patty said she, she thinks that she may be dying. And she's actually booked a flight to go up and see her and just hopes that she can get there in time. And I just want to see if this is her time, then I want her right and ready with the Lord. But if not, then I sure would love to see God do a miracle and turn this around. So I need you to lift your voice and intercede for just a moment for Sister Maureen, that God would help her. He's done a great work in her life. We want to see the Lord complete it. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Oh God, we ask you right now that you would touch Maureen. And Lord, we just give it into your hands because we know God that you know how to fix it. That you know how to help. Heal and strengthen her body, Lord. Oh, touch her mind and her heart, God, and help her, Jesus. Oh, God, in your mighty name. Jesus, in your name. Oh, you're a miracle worker, God. You're a miracle worker, God. Oh, God, I thank you for what you've done in her life you've already blessed her and helped her, God. Let that mercy come once again, God. In the name of Jesus. Itayama sololomoko tayalabahai. Help her Jesus. Help her Jesus. Ilabashatayalobokotaha.
1: Sha was yawa sata. In the name of Jesus. In the name of
0: Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, God, in your precious name, thank you for. Thank you, Jesus. I would would just ask a favor of you if that this week you would really take her on your heart, and tonight before you close your eyes and sleep, if you can remember, just call her name again to the Lord. and And I believe God can do a great miracle. I believe that He can. And uh, like I said, if this is if this is her time, then I pray that she will be ready. Her and the Lord will be be on the same page and it'll be it'll be right. but if this is not if this is not it then Lord we want to see that miracle and we want to see God do something and and pray for Sister Patty's travels that she'll be able to get there and be safe and get there in time if if it is just everything work together for good Lord we're asking it in Jesus name and if you would just speak her name just, just call out Maureen just call that name out to the Lord and Ask God to help her and touch her. How about it? Can we do that for him? I believe we can, and I know Sister Patty will update us, so we'll be sure to keep everybody informed. But just believe in God for a miracle. I, it, it ain't no sense in looking at the at the negative of what could be, because we know what can be. God can do a miracle right here in our midst. God's the He's the God of last chances. When people feel like this is it, this is the last chance. Well, God works real good where it can't nothing else be done. So let's, let's give it to him and trust him with it. Amen. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. You be safe, and we'll see you on Sunday, 11 o'clock and then 12 o'clock. It's going to be a great time in Jesus' name. God bless you.